0: Welcome one and all to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind Podcast. My name's Amrard, TJ Sutherland, Dan Kolokar,
1: with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Hello everybody and welcome to your Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Sutherland, and with me this fine evening is my associate, Mr. Dan Colligott. Good evening. And Mr. Imran Mirza. Hello. Uh, oh, that's very fancy. Um, <laughs> so, today's topic for the podcast. <laughs> <It's> very fancy. <laughs> today's topic for the podcast they didn't know any better. So, to give some context, we're going to be taking a look back at many movies that would be deemed to be classics or um, things from our geek culture that, that we enjoy. Um, and we're going to look at them through 2019 eyes, because um, by doing that, it might turn out that some of your favourite or most beloved characters or stories were you know, misogynistic, racist, lechie... Completely culturally inappropriate. Um, we can see what our thoughts are on some of these characters and some of these stories, and do we feel any less about these films or these characters because now we know better, um, or can you write it off as a sign of the times as when they were filmed? So, who wants to start down this dangerous path?
0: Well, can I can I jump in first with a question, if I may? Yes. Um, From the things that you guys are going to mention, assuming it's stuff that you yourselves were watching as a kid over the last 10, 20, 30 years, is there anything at the time you remember watching and thinking, this is weird? Do you know what I mean? As opposed to stuff that was generally accepted by everyone else. Was there anything that made you uncomfortable or not uncomfortable, but made you sort of say, oh, like, is that, is that allowed? Can you, can people do that?
1: I can think of, of one of the films I'm probably going to mention. I can think, I can think that when I watched it at the time, I thought, "Yeah, that's a bit weird," for sure. Um, but for others, probably not.
2: Um, I can remember something that happened a lot. It, it not necessarily um, a specific. Well, actually, I could, I could quote one film very briefly, but. Um, in a lot of kind of 80s comedies, uh, especially teen comedies, um, there there was nearly always a moment where someone uh, got so scared that they pissed themselves. <laughs> and it was, I don't know, it was just a running theme throughout the 80s and maybe early 90s that this happened. I mean, uh, Teen Wolf was one example um, at the end with the principal right? Well, He's having a go at Team Wolf's dad, and Team Wolf basically uh, out on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or starts to wolf out on
0: him. Well, his uh, dad does. Yeah, yeah. He growls. Uh, yeah, he reminds yeah. him of when they were kids. I don't know this yeah. film as as much as it, it would appear. I do, however. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, sure freaking, about that. I love Team Wolf, but um, <laughs> but yeah. He, anyway, yeah. He growls and he remembers their childhood when he became a wolf in front of him, and he urinated yeah. then as well.
2: Yeah, and I think that, that was a keen theme. And there's a lot of stuff, I think, as as a kid that happened in the Police Academy films, which are are all kinds of wrong. But, you know, <laughs> as a kid, I, I remember it was, um, I think it was Commandant Lassard it's for some reason he's giving a speech and he's behind a lectern
1: and I don't know why and the blowjob blow in the lectern, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but there's, there's a, there's a,
1: a. There was, there was actually a legitimate reason why the prostitute was in the lectern at the time.
2: Yeah, so I think she, they, they paid the
1: storyline. <laughs>
2: they paid her to to be in the lectern and to do what she did. So uh,
1: no, it was I. I know this film way too well. Oh wow! <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the reason why she was in the lectern was because. The prostitute had been planted in Mahoney's bedroom in the academy by his enemy, whoever the guy's name was, so to get him kicked out of the academy. Yeah. Mahoney found the prostitute, was trying to take her out of the academy so he wouldn't get caught or so he wouldn't get framed for having a prostitute in his room. And on his way to take her out of the academy... He, there was a crowd of people, so he tried to hide oh, he her, know. and the only place to hide her was in the lectern, which he was also in, which is also a bit weird. He was in the lectern <laughs> with, oh, her, hey, with no,
2: her. no, no. Then, no way.
1: he wasn't in the lectern as well. He was. He was in. That. He was in the lectern with her as well. Oh my god! And, um, even, even, and so,
2: even though you've said that, at no point <laughs> <laughs> did it make sense that she would just being that she wasn't. Being paid to do this, she was just there in the lectern for no apparent, well,
1: not for a specific reason. The only reason why she did it was because there was a penis there, and she decided to suck it. You
2: know? you're, you're making it sound like Commandant um is <laughs> standing there giving a speech with his dick out. No.
1: That didn't happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. She did. She did indeed have to unzip his trousers before she began to. Dan, some,
0: some people have flies on their trousers. We don't all wear dungarees, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, it just makes zero sense, doesn't it? It's, it's nothing about... <laughs> I my didn't concept. say it
1: made any sense. I'm just explaining the facts of the situation <laughs> as, as they happened in the film.
2: First of all, I'd
1: like to say how sorry I am that everybody could not make it today. For those here, I think you'll find the presentation interesting, as well as very, very stimulating. Now,
2: this first slide shows a very, very interesting thing. Our main building.
1: In slide two, we see another view of it.
2: oh my god, I wouldn't believe it. Um, well, there you go. Um, I think that was <laughs> that's a
1: great way to start this. One.
2: That's a great <laughs> way to start. So that, that was a random thing, a couple of things at the time. Uh, people, people pissing themselves when they were scared, usually grown adults, and and Lassard getting a blowjob from a whore for no apparent reason <laughs> other than she was there.
0: you know what to pick up on a serious note on your second point there was something about shows even now i think that just made sex like seem like the easiest thing in the world to secure do you know what i mean (laughs) like i i remember starting secondary school and thinking it it would be like saved by the bell and i'm like (laughs) so i'll i'll get dates just like that right like that will just i wonder who my first date will be yeah that didn't happen that was not a secondary school for me. Do you know what I mean? Like there was something about yeah. like Lisa's go watching friends at the moment and it's just, they just all take turns. Oh, I just slept with this chick or I Oh, I was sleeping with this guy. And it's like, my God, is this what, what it's like in America, in New York, in in like the nineties, was it that efficient <laughs> that people could just no, lay I and about, sleep?
1: Or... I don't know. Speak for yourself. I mean, I've, I, you know, I, just, uh, <laughs> I literally just walk out the room and you know, it's just, it's just, on a plate all the whole time. Check out over there. Wow! I can I can now get it, I can now get it on delivery as well. Apparently.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you remember the film like Weird Science, where there were numerous yes. kind of films around yeah. like Ferris Borella, Weird Science, but there was always there'd always be like a teenage pool party, and yeah. Yeah, and there'd always be you know sexy stuff going on, and you'd be like, oh wow, amazing. When I when I when I get to fifteen or sixteen, I'm going to yeah. be at pool parties having sex. Yeah, Being, yeah, can't wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, this took a turn, but um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it went there, fast. So,
1: what about you, Imran, what are your well?
0: It's your for takeaways? me. the the thing I, I remember watching it. This is actually what my main contribution was going to be, but. I remember um, in terms of watching this as a as a kid and growing up and, and not really getting it, um, but it was the concept of the Bond girl because it wasn't specifically about Bond at the time because I genu- gen- genuinely sort of expected, I understood that that's what the hero was. He was the good-looking guy who killed the baddies and, and got the girl at the end. That was just, that was the routine. That was the... The way those those you know, not not just Bond movies, but action movies, that was how they all played out. And I, you know, being uh, from a young age, I just accepted that that was the pattern. Um, but it was sort of the, the the concept of the Bond girl. I didn't really get. And I remember when um, I totally appreciate um, that the, the Bond franchise has had numerous strong female uh, presences, namely, you know, some some of the, the villains who have been. Iconic in their own way, and I totally accept that. But I think I remember when Terry Hatcher was cast in Was It Die Another Day? I think it was Die Another yes. Day.
1: I'll never die.
0: And I remember when she was cast, and there was a huge kind of furore about it. Like, Terry Hatcher's the new Bond girl, and it was like she is joining this long lineage of 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 bond girls that have include you know Ursula Andress etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was you know like mm. welcome to this you, you know the hall of fame almost but her part in the film is really to sleep with bond and then die right <laughs> and it's kind of like it was just the it's weird, a bond staple right there <laughs> but that's the thing though isn't it it's that role as the bond girl not the not the kind of um the the the, the strong women that sort of got that tag it was the 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 damsel in distress that was the bond girl and i think that 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 was always talked about as there was very there was a lot of prestige in that role and i do remember thinking like that was strange in that they, Hmm. they didn't bring anything not a comment on the actress but they didn't bring anything other than beauty do you know what i mean there was nothing um duty and the ability to die (laughs) precisely that and almost die for bond in a way do you know Mm. what i mean it was Mm. something to give him more inclination to get the villain like oh you killed that woman i slept with i would have forgot her in a few days anyway but now it's personal it was kind of that kind of approach to it and i remember just thinking like you know the guys are getting excited about bond and the, are the girls really supposed to be excited over that role? And that's do you, do you understand? I, like, I'm not belittling Terry Hatcher. I'm not belittling, or, you know, all women in Bond movies. But that role of the Bond girl, and I, I remember thinking, like, that's that's a strange thing to get excited about, or you know, to but have the they, prestige attached to it.
2: Weren't they all also in, in quite a number of Bond films? They are somehow. Um, they e- they're either um with the villain as in they're e- they're either part of the the <laughs> the villainous uh enterprise or society or organization so they're either part of it uh they're either the the girlfriend or wife of the villain or mm. one of the, the the key villains in the film so it's always kind of like they very much play um the victim and it's really strange because often. You know, you'll see numerous examples where they try and kill Bond, and then Bond manages to stop them, and then has sex with them, and then they get
1: killed about twenty minutes later. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait, Doesn't everyone do that? (laughs)
0: I need to, I need like a body can. I I literally, I literally
1: do. I literally did that last week, Tuesday. So is that not a thing?
0: It's not, it's not, it's not a thing. That's why, that's why Dan and I have podcasts. It's not a thing.
1: That's not a thing. Then I need to get rid of some bodies really quick. <laughs> one second, I'll be right back in that. <laughs>
0: But that was the thing, right? Like Bond would technically in the majority of the films he'd sleep with two women. The one that would die in the first part of the film, and then the one who would act tough throughout the film, but then succumb to him at the end of the film. Do you know what I mean? And just become yeah. another yeah. another name. And I remember just thinking that know, was yeah. strange. And like obviously growing up and finding you know, like understanding uh, 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 gender roles way more where you can analyze Bond's actions and say, wow, so much of of what he did is actually inappropriate and stuff like that. But it was, I remember Mm -hmm. back then, like 20 odd years ago, watching the the Bond girl being celebrated. And she still is, really. And no one's ever commented on that role.
1: Well, we know where you stand. You made your bed. I'm standing in your doorway.
0: Why did you marry him?
1: He told me he loved me.
0: That always sounds good.
1: Do you know I used to look in the papers every day for your obituary?
0: Well, I'm sorry, I keep disappointing you. <sighs> what was it, James?
1: I think Bond. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Bond fan, and um, I think it, Bond is very unique as well in that it's been going since the you know the mid '60s and gone through decades and decades of shifting, change, shifting acceptance levels, shifting. You know, the goalposts have moved on what's acceptable and what's not so much from the '60s to you know when was last film released? Was it? Two years ago now, I think probably
0: in yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: but yeah, yeah, you know, and that's like for, for yeah. like 50 years of dodgy mess, um, <laughs> of, um, of, of change or social change. And you know, you go back and see some of the stuff in those early Sean Connery, Roger Moore ones, like he used to beat the hell out of women back in the day right. just to get get a confession out of them and all that kind of stuff and (laughs) you know and they've they've done they've made some strides towards trying to change the perception of the Bond girl and that sort of thing I mean many would argue that it's not enough um what they've done but I think and I also think on this on the insistence of Daniel Craig as well I think he was the last one or maybe the last couple of films he was very much insistent on it not being so much about him just you know shagging a woman her getting killed off or you know going away with a woman at the end of the film all that kind of stuff I think he's been quite quite um quite vocal about wanting to change that kind of that sort of mindset but um... you say that, but uh, and I think yeah I think you're yeah. right um, I'm sure he has changed it
2: but I I don't know if it was Spectre or or what which of the last two or three films it was but I, I remember there was a segment where he just goes to some location randomly and ends up meeting up with some kind of princess or heiress or billionaire um woman who's forlorn and in a in a bizarre situation you know in a in a victim like situation um, it, it plays no real part in, in the story. He just turns up there I I don't even know if he has sex with her, but there's a lot of kind of you know, tension and 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 kind of sexy dialogue and then he then he sods off to wherever it is he has to go next to, to kill yeah, the yeah,
1: but, but Dan, she's only human, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, at least some of these other things, the characters are vaguely intrinsic to the storyline. Whereas like, I remember seeing this and being a bit like, well, what the hell was all that about? Why? It, it just didn't even need to be in the film. But there's still some tradition that they won't ignore when it comes to him and and having some kind of complex
1: yeah, for you know, sure. relationship
2: the, with someone he shouldn't.
1: Yeah, 100%. There's still those old hangovers from classic bond the classic bond tropes, um but yeah, you know bond is as bond does, I guess, I don't, know. I don't even know what that means <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good defense
2: <laughs> well i suppose I suppose people realize like how much stuff can you take away from a bond film before it stops becoming a bond film and and that that's I guess. Is the most difficult question because
1: this is true.
2: Some of the things that are, some of the things that make it, you know, the most the most memorable things, the most, um, you know, the the things that everyone knows a Bond film represents, are probably things that, you know, in in today's aren't acceptable. uh, Yeah, Yeah. aren't really acceptable. I mean, I I love love Austin Powers. I mean, um, I think Austin Powers really did put a massive magnifying glass over the whole, um, you know, Bond series and how silly and ridiculous and overblown it is.
1: But you're right though. And it's, that's the thing. If, if you said to average on the street, you know, do you know James Bond? Yes. What, what do you know about James Bond? Like say three facts about James Bond, they'd say probably gadgets, women, and um, I don't know. Alcohol. That, Yeah. That's like, the, you know, the, the three main tropes of, uh, of Bond is, well, you're right, it's alcohol, women and jet setting around the world. And if you, you know, stop him drinking because drinking so much is uh, not as fashionable these days and you take away the womanizing aspects, it's like, okay, well, now he's just, now he's just born, he's Jason born. <laughs> Yeah, essentially. Or Mission Impossible, you know. Oh, yeah, Mission impossible. impossible. Yeah. yeah. And you, so, you said a
0: really interesting point, Dan, where you said about uh, uh, the Austin Powers thing, putting a magnifying glass on on Bond. You know, something else that they, that could have happened uh, is that would have really put that magnifying glass on in a really interesting way is the continual talk there's been about a female James Bond. So, can you imagine what that character would have been in the 90s? Like when you had the Pierce Brosnan kind of era of Bond, when I think at this point, everything had been played up about, you know, you need the martini, you need the, the, the template was so laid out by, by that point. If you had introduced a female Bond at that point, it would have been ridiculed. If she had just done, well, you know, Bond sleeps with these women. So this, this female Bond will now have to sleep with all these men and she'll have to do her makeup and make sure she looks no, nice. Not necessarily. How, what, what, not necessarily.
1: How so? Well, she wouldn't necessarily have to sleep with just men okay <laughs> yeah fair point, fair, fair point. but the, she could she, she still be a woman the,
0: the point yeah but the thing is with with men uh we can watch bond and go hey that's cool but if you were watching a, a woman do the exact same thing a woman who,
1: who was a sexual predator exactly yeah.
0: she wouldn't it wouldn't have been yeah. like brilliant you've nailed it they would have said what the heck is that and it would be like well she's doing the exact same thing as as sean connery or roger moore pierce brosnan was why why is this a problem it wouldn't have been accepted at all. Mm.
1: It'd be, it'd, I,
2: it'd... Yeah, I was going to introduce a, okay. a segue on this this very kind of topic. Actually, before I do that, I just said Ethan Hawke was the, the Mission Impossible guy. Ethan Hunt. Sorry, mm. Tom. Oh, James yeah. Ethan
1: Hawke is the actor, isn't he? Yeah,
2: he's an actor. So, yeah, <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> and I think this, this could fill an entire podcast on its own. So so we probably shouldn't go go too far uh segueing mm. on it but is is the whole doctor who thing um making doctor who a a, a woman right mm. which um personally and i 'm not just saying this to be politically correct um i don't think um, i think that the idea behind doc, what doctor who is and what um that character represents is so uh f- unfixed and so fluid that i i think there was room in that franchise to have uh doctor who played by a woman whereas i i don't think um for bond i think as i said before how how many things can you take away from bond um to before it is it isn't bond anymore and i think um having a woman um Play Bond. I mean, there, there was enough con- controversy over the fact that in, in the next Bond film, double the, the uh, designation. Uh,
1: uh, you're going to be talking about spoilers here.
2: Well, oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not a spoiler. It's well known. It's well discussed.
1: Oh, okay. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's I, <laughs>
1: really, I,
2: I didn't think anyone <laughs> didn't know this.
1: Um, <laughs> well. <I don't- laughs> Well, all I was going to say was if you're going to if you're going to talk about something that is a potential spoiler, then because on the websites that I saw it posted on, it, it, people did give warnings about spoilers. So, spoiler okay. alert! Spoiler alert! Um, I mean, it's not even confirmed, but apparently,
2: um, another um, uh, secret agent. Um, has the designation of 007 in the next Bond film because Bond is technically no longer a live agent, as in he's almost sort of semi retired or something. Um, yeah,
1: and it's the woman that's been played that played Captain Marvel's friend in the Captain Marvel film. I forget the actress's name and I forget the character's name. Um, uh who I mean, actually i think she's awesome actually she was really awesome in that role uh, in captain marvel but um yeah a lot of people lost their minds when that was posted online as being i think it's one it's going to be one it was alleged to be one of the opening scenes of the movie when um m calls in 007 and the door opens and it's this lady
2: so it's, it's basically just a, a very cunning swerve to make you know, to send the audience down one path um when it's actually not what it seems. Just, it's pretty clever. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if, if you started to do things like that, then, you know, I mean, would you have um Charlie's Angels played by men? <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, may, maybe there but are... I
1: things- think I th- I think we're probably, like you say, we segwayed, I think we've segued a little bit, a little bit too far off the original (laughs) context. But uh, to to, 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 to swerve us back onto the original question: If when you watch, or if you saw, if you see like old sixties Sean Connery Bond on ITV on a Bank Holiday Monday afternoon, do you cringe when you see his behaviour? Or do you just think ah old Sean or card? <laughs>
2: I do. I think him, I, I think uh Connery and, and Roger Moore um in particular as Bond and even Roger Moore in, in other film roles that he did of that hero, it, it is cringeworthy. Um mm. playing the suave debonair gentleman. I don't I don't know if you've ever seen um uh, is it the persuaders? Uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. films. and the saints. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that that tonally have that you know uh, kind of um, playboy gentleman who's mm-hmm. also you know the hero and the womanizer and you know it, it was definitely of that time. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you see it nowadays, I mean, I'll, I'm not saying you you get particularly triggered and angry by it, but it is it doesn't make particularly good viewing. I mean, I was watching Austin Powers the other day and I kind of, as much as it's a parody of Bond, it hasn't mm. aged well either. It's Austin
1: Powers! so funny. Yeah, you know. very
0: sexy yeah. Fun. Yeah. Can I have autograph? Of course. Your name is? Fook me.
2: Oh, behave, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Now your name is? Fook me. You kiss your mother with that mouth?
1: Fook me like this.
0: oh I see your name is spook me <laughs> Austin
2: this
0: is my twin sister her name fuck
1: you fuck you Fook me see I guess like that, 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 that yeah I, I guess that kind of goes into especially with things like comedies as well like Bond is a franchise and movie that, you know, takes itself seriously and has all these tropes that are wildly offensive nowadays um, to any number of people. But when it comes to comedies like another film that I had on my list, um, Blazing Saddles, or like you say, um, you know, something that's obviously trying, like it's trying to make a statement about just how ridiculous certain offensive things are. Is that can that be seen in the same light as a Bond or as a I don't know um any other film that takes itself seriously like Bond does?
2: I think even I mean like likening something like Blazing Saddles or any of the kind of Mel Brooks um films of the seventies and eighties, um, you know, to to being a bit strange or inappropriate, even though they are essentially, as you say, they are shining. Um, a a torch on elements of society and, you know, very much a parody, but it kind of just goes in the same direction as comedians and what, what comedians can actually, you know, take the piss out of them and what they can't. And I think, I think it's easier to forgive some of those things because as at the end of the day, you know, they, they're, they're not serious but at the same time, there are, I guess, that some of the characters, some of the actual sort of comedy victimisation is probably wrong, um, <laughs> because you know I, I think um, one one of the one of the, the funniest thing um, about the producers is the fact that you know um, Mel Brooks, you know, he, he's a, a, a Jewish. Uh, filmmaker and scriptwriter and everything director, and yet you know central to that plot is they they try to make a um a comedy so they try and make a a Broadway musical about the Nazis um mm-hmm. in order for it for it to purposely fail and you you would say that well if anyone's entitled to to kind of write this in a comedy. It's probably Mel Brooks, and if anyone's, you know, got the, I don't know, got the the license to do that, but you would know that if he if the producers have been written, um, this year, last year, or in the last three years, I think there would be one hell of a backlash against it. Um, yeah. Because there is something intrinsically unacceptable and unfunny about uh about the nazis it's no longer or well it's rarely has been um used as a plot device for comedy um i think i think the last film you know maybe things like dr strange love and there's other things that use aspects of the the war um for comedy purposes to, to 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 show how ridiculous it is but you rarely see that nowadays i can't remember the last film um that was made that had any kind of use of uh i don't know the nazis or, or anything like that um as a comic device
1: myself I'll to me
2: I'm the crowd who's out to change our history I'll myself raise your hand There's no greater dictator in the land For some reason um the the, the Russians and the Cold War seem to be something that can be reused and, and is and is acceptable but yeah not 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 the Germans and the Nazis um that seems to be off limits.
1: Yeah it's very true. Um so Dan do you have a film choice for your inappropriate in twenty nineteen eyes um, I decision? Did. I wasn't I wasn't sure what's was going in that sentence but <laughs> <laughs> what's your film?
2: so i'll give you i'll give you the plot uh for the first one and see if you can recognize what the film is so a young kid in his mid to late teens whose best friend is an eccentric scientist in his 50s or 60s um and he hangs about with him outside of school as well as when he's meant to be at school and the scientist in question also buys plutonium from terrorists in order to make um, his experiment work, so you know, starting with that, what what film am I Rainbow. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Future, I guess. That <laughs> oh, 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 movie, Bad movie, oh, oh. No. <laughs> yeah. I, it it it's really weird, but if you think about the, the the whole dynamic of what the film is and what it does, and you know what what the character's motivations are, it's all just a bit strange because why for a start, why is Doc Brown, you know, what why is his best friend a 15-year-old? Um and why does he want to save that 15-year-old's family from a future that hasn't happened yet? Um, before realizing it doesn't matter, then you know the future isn't set, yada yada yada. But also, um, did you just
1: blend Terminator <laughs> and Back to the Future mythologies there? I'm pretty sure well, you
2: No, just no, did. no, no. Do you, do you not remember that at the end of uh, the third Back to the Future, basically, Doc Brown destroys the time machine because he says, oh, you know, your future is what you make it. Don't, don't try and alter it. You know, he basically completely undermines the plot of all the other films by saying, you know, it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't matter
1: kind of thing cheers uh, doc
2: yeah exactly and you're like I'm gonna get our time back now thank you <laughs> all the stuff all the all the kind of weird stuff that's happened with also martin mcfly finding the sports almanac and deciding immediately he's gonna use it to gamble and make money which i don't know i guess a 15 year old would would potentially or 16 year old or however he is would would potentially do that but it is you know the setup is just a bit strange i mean i know you know rick and morty um now is you, you kind of don't really worry about it but it it's it, it it is a parody of back to the future that's how rick and morty started but even in rick and morty um you know rick is uh, the grandfather of of the kids so he's not just some stranger so even in one of the most anarchic no, hang on, let's get that right, anarchic, <laughs> um, uh, you know, cartoons there is that, that pushes every boundary and every button you can think of, they still made sure that the character of Rick is related to Morty and not a complete stranger. Um, yeah, true. Which is a bit weird. And I think just one more, one more to bring up, um, and I think I'm, I'm not – we don't need to talk too much about it because I think it's been covered a lot. But um, there were quite a few instances in seventies and eighties and even nineties films and cartoons where um, non-Indian American actors would play Indian parts, and even in some cases, um, slightly—I don't know if you call it black up—but put makeup on to make them look indian and i think at the time you know one of the one of the biggest examples is you know short circuit one and two with fisher stevens and i didn't know until i don't know what i don't god knows 30 30 years later or something 20 years later that he was that fisher stevens was a white guy i hadn't got a clue um wow. yeah no it, it i think it was it was brought up on on a on a on a TV show because he, I think he, he did obviously star in other films of that era, but because he didn't look like, um, the character in short circuit, I never realized that that was him.
1: Oh my God. Number Johnny Five, Are you completely operational? 100% intact? Keep that power on her. I'll beat a living headlights out of you.
2: And, you know, and, and this has obviously come back recently with um, Hank Azera, Azaria, mm-hmm. Hank Azaria, if I could pronounce that correctly, who who plays um, a number of different characters on Simpsons. But the one thing that suddenly um, caused so much controversy is the fact that, that And I do find that one strange because, um, you know, the uh the writers uh, you know actually responded that to that by saying well you know well he's been voicing apu for 20 30 years i don't know how Simps- how long simpsons has been going now um but he's been voicing that character for that
0: long it wasn't
2: why now it,
0: just no it's so to good. say it, that about it wasn't uh specifically about hank Azaria at all that that complaint
1: it, no, no, it was no, no. the portrayal
0: of the character. And you're right, it had been going on for ages. So my defense of The Simpsons would be, The Simpsons goes at everyone. They go at everyone. So I didn't think that it was really sort of a problem. But the, the, the complaint wasn't a specific complaint. It was, I think it was like a documentary or something that uh, a, an Indian person... who a problem with
2: our, our yeah, yeah, and he had
0: talked about the direct influence of that on him. And the life that he had led as a, as a result of it in terms of, I guess, him getting mocked a lot and stuff like that. So it was about, it wasn't about someone just submitting a complaint to a network. It was about somebody who had, I haven't seen it, uh, what it is, but I believe it's a documentary that he had made about, um, about that character and the impact on yes, Indians as yeah, a result as, of it, in... which is a fair enough complaint to make. Yeah,
2: a lot. A lot of people who made that documentary and and, and some of the kind of people they interviewed are, are obviously Indian people who were mocked yeah. because of the character of our our food. Yeah, I, I I totally get that, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm it's. I'm not on any. No, no, of course, I don't have a, a strong opinion either way. I think it's just interesting that you know maybe at, at least when the Simpsons came out. Um, having a, a you know a white American actor playing an Indian role, you know especially when it's a voice actor, I don't think maybe he could have, you know, played him in the film if there had been a live action film. But I think you know it, it's interesting that I, I, I I'm sure now if The Simpsons cast all their characters that they would probably make sure that. Um, Apu was 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 played by an Indian actor, but you know you're right. It, it's it's not the core reason why um, this kind of hit the rails and all the criticism happened. It is because of the the, the caricature of the the you know um, the the local convenience store being you know run by an Indian person slash family and and all the various different
0: stereotypes um, and character
2: yeah. traits stereotypes and things that that when you actually think about it are are pretty bad
1: so how about yourself man got any uh got any to add to the mix um well from looking
0: up stuff in terms of how things have changed the a, a word i kind of came across a lot of is is the f word and not the F U C K word, but it's the F word that rhymes with maggot. And like, there's a lot of like gangster movies, yeah. like, like, uh, like uh, those yeah. Italian American, uh, gangster movies, uh, that use that word a lot, a lot. And the conversation yeah. that the three of us have had before about 90s hip hop. And, and, and their use of eight, well, very much that word. I mean, that was like the biggest thing you could say to someone that was a real slight that you could really throw at someone. And that well, instant offense,
1: you know, you know, that's, that's reminded me of a, of a really awkward moment I had with, uh, with my girlfriend, in that I'd she'd never seen um Eddie Murphy's oh, stand ups so she'd not seen Delirious and she'd not seen Raw and I was like raving about them going, Oh they're amazing, really funny, da 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 having not seen them for a while myself, but just having mm-hmm. fond memories of them. And so that they both came on Netflix. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's sit down and watch it, you'll really enjoy it. And the first, I think is it Delirious or Raw? I think Yeah, Delirious. Um within like the first like part of the sketch, he's dropping yeah. f bombs all over the place, and he's just like the 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 first section of of it, the stand up is him just telling joke like homophobic like jokes with lots of homophobic slurs, and to the point where I, I had to turn it off because like my, I could see my girlfriend was getting like massively mm. agitated, and like even I was a bit like okay, I've forgotten how bad the first part of this is. And how like it's it's bad, man. I was, I was like, do you know what? I, and I I still I have a lot of love for those films for the most of the content, but that section of it, I was just like, that's a bit that's a bit um, strong, and it, it's 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 tough to watch going back and watching it. Um, it's it's been yeah, years it's since
0: I've seen them, but again, I loved them. Like, and but it's I'm aware that content <clears throat> is there but i haven't actually sat down to watch it in a really long time and i am curious yeah i'm quite curious yeah. now as to how i'd respond to it it's I'd, it's
1: I'd, I'd, yeah i'd i'd say go go back and mm. and give it a watch purely just to for i don't know for some context because like like i say if you've if you have a memory of loving it a lot and you go back and you watch it it's just like wow that's actually Pretty bad.
2: Um, You know uh, Dire Straits, the band?
1: Mm. Yes.
2: So Money for Nothing um, is still banned on quite a lot of American radio stations because there's... um, I'm not surprised
1: because it's got a massive F-bomb in it.
2: Yeah, uh, repeated. um, Even though I think it's kind of in... It's in a certain context... As in, he he's playing something like a, a producer or something. So he's voicing a character who talks like that. So it's not meant to be him or the band or his opinion. It's within the context of the lyrics and what the song is about. Um, and, and, yeah, obviously, he, he's taken a lot of, um, made a lot of effort to kind of explain this. But, yeah, people don't accept that. Um, uh, well, a lot of uh, you know Christian radio stations won't won't allow that song to be played even though they need,
1: they need to steer clear of a lot like 95% of 90s <laughs> <97%. laughs> well yeah
2: yeah times have changed yeah. quite massively on that part was there
0: anything from a comics perspective indeed. like obviously you're a, you're a diehard comics fan was there anything you remember sort of you know reading like years and years ago and you're kind of Surprised looking back at how women uh, were portrayed, or, or,
1: yeah, I mean, com- comics are comics are a weird. One. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they are over stylized, and you know, all the characters are uh, super muscular, or all the girls have like huge tits and like have ridiculous figures that would never exist on a regular human being. Um, so in that respect, I think. I it, actually I'm not even sure how much they've evolved over time because it's, you know you still get kind of these ridiculously overstylized characters which is kind of part, and po- part sorry kind of part and parcel of comics anyway um there's probably a, a lot you know there's a lot more diversity um but there's not there's not anything that I would go back to from say, you know, that I have in my collection from say the 80s that I would go, oh, that's a bit, that makes me feel uncomfortable or all the language in this is a bit, a bit off or any, not that I can, just thinking off the top of my head, nothing that I can think of that would be Those women at the beginning
0: were just damsels in
1: distress primarily, weren't they? Yeah, well, you'd have to go back for, yeah, you you know, I say that, like when I started collecting comics, I say, you know, the X Men, there were a lot of very prominent female um, characters. One thing that Stanley and Marvel were actually pretty good with was the level of diversity in their comics as well. Um, You know, characters like Black Panther, um, Storm in the X Men comics, uh, you had. Psylocke, uh, rogue or you know a lot of strong female characters strong female representation um you know from quite an early period in the in the comics so yeah sue Stor- uh, sue Richard sorry in uh, mm-hmm. fantastic four uh, again super powerful character so uh,
2: but they by no... A certain way. I mean, oh yeah, mean. yeah.
1: But I was, I was just, yeah, I was just about to follow that with, you know, by no means was it perfect. Yes, they were all super slim, super attractive. Um, you know, there was no sort of, you know, larger characters or, you know, shorter characters. Everyone was kind of a, a bit of a kind of copy and uh, cut and paste version of the ideal shape of a woman, or or and the ideal shape of a man, but. Um, in terms of like anything like overtly offensive, though, um, I, I don't recall there being anything that I would look back on and say uh, no, that, that that doesn't sit well with me at all.
2: Yeah, I think I think comics. I know there's been quite a few different campaigns for for women to be represented better in, in comics and, and that sort of fiction, and it's not that you know i i guess it the, the one thing you can say is there are there are most male characters are all kind of you know big but good looking as well i mean obviously apart from maybe the the more mutated characters and stuff like that which presented by x men but yeah it, it i think there is there's always a kind of fantasy element that's always been played out in comics as in these are what you know. Young kids aspire to be. You know, you aspire to look like that, and and you know, um, that goes for women and men. But I think it's it. I think it's something that that still hasn't been addressed. If you talk about, you know, if you, even if you look at the MCU, uh, most of of the actors and actresses are. The same as in they're all pretty good looking, um, and clearly not as, um, you know, accurate to, to more real life representations of society that you know you'd hoped would be a thing by now, but so yeah, maybe, you, maybe you could
1: probably say that about most of Hollywood, though, to be fair. Yeah, no, you, you can, uh, no, that's fair. Sadly yeah so it's not, it's not it's not a stock that's held exclusively by the mcu and i and i think that's a little bit of again that's a bit of a hangover from the comics um just in terms yeah, of definitely. you know if if they you know and if you think about some of the flack they catch for changing you know the gender of a particular character or the color of a particular character on the, on the occasions when they do do it um it's not surprising that they don't do it more often, to be honest. But I don't know. There's, we have a long way to go. I think, <laughs> in terms of, uh, in terms of actually full cool. and frank and full frank and open representation for everyone across the board in movies and TV.
0: And on that note, can I quickly make cool. one addendum one one addition to the the conversation? In that we we spoken about films from the past uh well uh uh, fiction however from the past that we can't believe sort of that was made then i want to make reference to something that came out earlier this year which i think got a collective gasp from a lot of people that people can't believe was made now It was. have you guys heard of a film called loquisha it's uh there's a trailer on youtube um it was it's a film that was uh it's about a middle-aged white man who finds himself in a situation where he needs to get money for his son's schooling. To comedy film, and he submits a radio demo to a uh, submits a demo to a radio station where he is impersonating a a black African American woman, and he gets a radio okay. show, like a call in helpline kind of show, uh, Agony Aunt type show as a result and this got mauled in every context if you go there's a wikipedia entry as well we got zero percent on rotten tomatoes it it's as bad i imagine there's i have i only i've seen the trailer because there was a lot of debate about it some months ago um but i imagine it ends with a, a morally he learns the lesson so to speak and people aren't the stereotypes that you put them into or the boxes that you put them into but it got uh, an average rating of 1 out of 10 the guardian uh, said it was the worst film that ever made and um i just I just <laughs> that's wow. you know it's pretty harsh but even if it was good as a premise for 2019
1: this is incredibly bold yeah you say you're saying your, you're, setting, you're setting yourself up for a Absolutely. massive fail but there is a
0: trailer uh, on youtube and i wouldn't personally watch anything beyond the trailer um but uh, in, yeah i just thought it'd be fun to end on a film that you honestly cannot believe they made now let alone 30 years ago it's not a of crime it's theater You love with Loquisha. What's your problem?
1: Hi, Loquisha. It's free. Oh,
0: I ain't talking to you. Not the way you sound. Next caller.
2: You go, girl.
0: You just be good to her. If you're good to yourself, you can be good to others. But don't be too good because the police will come around. Where did you get this? I got another job.
1: Doing
0: what? Consulting work. What the hell would you know
1: about being a white guy anyway? I know quite a bit. Loquisha is a real role model for every African-American woman on this planet.
0: Loquisha! Like the whole city has a Loquisha mania. I am Loquisha, officer! What was that? I think I might be a black woman trapped in a white man's body.
1: You need to talk to Loquisha. Just because she's a woman and a black person doesn't mean that she doesn't understand you. Is this really happening?
0: I'm on a bridge above the river, and I'm gonna jump. But well, thanks for calling. Enjoy your jump.
2: Oh, one more sorry. that I just remembered uh, that isn't that old, but still, I'm mean, still naughty, but do, do you remember the ringer? So basically Johnny Knoxville. Oh yeah. So Johnny Knoxville about, um, a very crap athlete who decides <laughs> to enter the special <laughs> Olympics. So that he can win. Uh, yeah, oh yeah.
1: yes, I do remember this. Uh, good one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, if you actually watch it, it's been on TV, um, quite a few times that, everything is done like he gets the the shit kicked through him and the fun you know fun made of him by by all the other uh athletes so it, it it kind of it's not like they let him get away with anything and it's not like he wins you know he's 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 thoroughly mocked and and the the the, the way the other kind of you know the the athletes in the special Olympics are portrayed and their, their roles is, is quite, is quite well done and it's quite funny, but even so As a tagline, th- yeah. to make a film. Like that, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's incredible.
1: So uh, I know we've run a bit long, but I just had to mention very quickly um, on your, that film that you just spoke about Imran. if we take our minds back to 1986, uh, there was a film called Soul Man that right. was released, uh, in which uh, in which I'm not ma- I'm not even making this up. Uh, a guy gets accepted into Harvard, but he can't afford the fees to to pay for his tuition. So of course, he decides to overdose on tanning pills until he's dark enough to pass as an African American, <laughs> so he can then apply for and win a black only scholarship. That happened in 1986. Well apparently we haven't come <laughs> yeah. we, we haven't come far then if they're still making stuff like that in 2019. So not, yeah, not far at all. It was a. I, I need, you know, I didn't
2: know, know that was a thing. That's either. weird. Maybe
1: they've been I've, made it up for the movie. Not, Maybe yeah. we have come a long way. Funny <laughs> enough, funny enough, I've never, funny enough, I've never used any. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, well, that right, that, I, that, joke, that joke will be completely lost in translation as really it's hard. just on podcast. So. <laughs>
2: Uh, we'll have to put photos on the the website and on the podcast as well
1: indeed this has been an enlightening experience into just how awful films are (laughs) i feel utterly depressed now um no been um thank you everyone for joining us on this journey down movie memory lane (laughs) and um i hope you have a pleasant evening and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my colleagues. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye.